everyone. Welcome to our first podcast. Um, this podcast is going to be about lockdown love. Um, as you know from this past week, well, hopefully, you know from this past week, on my Instagram, I've been reaching out to a lot of people to ask about their experiences of love during the pandemic, whether that be people in relationships, uh, people not in relationships, or, you know, trying to do online dating, which I know quite a lot of people have been trying to do. And yeah, a lot of people sent me back a lot of interesting responses. And we thought that we would make that the topic of this podcast. I'm Amelia um, and I'm a columnist for The Imaginist. I'm Brooke, um, I'm an advice columnist. And I'm Fabia, I'm a lifestyle columnist. And I, I also write mainly self-improvement columnist uh, pieces, but we, we all like, we all contribute and we write whatever kind of is on our mind that week or that we feel is important to share. Um, you can follow the Imaginist on Instagram at Imaginist Weekly um, and subscribe to our newsletter. Our link is in the bio. So please do that. We send out a weekly newsletter for basically with submissions of our work, which will go straight to your email. And yeah, and alongside that newsletter, we will be doing this podcast every week as well, well with different members of the team. So this week it's us three. Um, so yeah, make sure you stay tuned and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify as well, which is also called The Imaginist. One of the, a lot of, actually quite a lot of responses that I got from people um, were, was about self-love during lockdown, which has been extremely important. I think we all know. Um, and a lot of people sent in quite a lot of quotes um, about how they were practicing self-love in this crazy world that we're living in right now. So we're going to start off just by talking about our own experiences. Um, for me, over the last year, or especially since kind of the first lockdown happened, um, I'm quite freshly out of uh, a year-long relationship of self-love and kind of navigating the dating space in a way that I've not really done so before. I was single when the pandemic hit and then I sort of was not interested in relationships at all. I'd been out of a relationship for a couple of years and was still trying to deal with the previous one and just much like broke on a journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance and all that. And then in the break between the two lockdowns in the summer, I thought, oh, let's give the dating apps a whirl. I was supposed to move to Vietnam in August and it got cancelled so I was like well there's no point waiting around so got myself on hinge and I met my partner and oh. we've been together since June amazing yeah, uh, that's again that's so interesting to me because I know that like there's so many different dating apps um around at the moment I know that the obvious ones tinder bumble but I don't actually know that much about hinge um I know that Hinge, I have, I did remember doing an article about dating apps a while back and I did look at Hinge and I know that Hinges are quite good for meeting people um, who are looking for something a bit more serious. That's, is that a good way yeah. to describe it? What was your I experience would, yeah. of that? I'd agree. I think, I don't know about you, but I think dating apps sort of have a one to two year period of when they're okay. And then it just mm. ends up with all the sleazy people left. Becomes very mm. saturated. Yeah, it's very mm. not my scene. So <laughs> that you then move on to the next one and you keep going. And with Hinge, it will obviously become sleazy at some point. But I think at the moment it's not to say more professional because it's a dating app, but mm. definitely more commitment. And I would say 
doesn't weed out I want to say fuck boys but I don't know for a long time. <laughs> yeah go for it we know yeah <laughs> weed out the fuck boys but I think it definitely has more serious people on it mm-hmm. so yeah. I would recommend it if you're looking for something where you don't want to get messed around and you don't just want to be a number but also, yeah. also everybody that's on there wants a relationship there are people open to casual things experience of that is similar as well with the other dating apps I think um it didn't really lead into anything but with Hinge that was where most of my dates kind of led from um yeah. throughout like kind of last year so yeah I completely agree with that yeah I just think it's the most current one also just I think is the newest and people are more interested in it but, yeah yeah I don't know personally if I was to ever be single again I would never go back on tinder I just I'm done really yeah yeah I I think that it's it's a weird one because I I used to I mean I think I've only ever had dating apps for about like a month at a time because I had it I remember a few years back I got tinder and I think I had it for about a month and then I you know it gave me an ego boost to just got out of a relationship and it's just what I needed I was going on dates was meeting people but I, I don't know about you, but I found that I just I just really started to just get a bit disinterested by it. I was just like not feeling it anymore. Yeah. I was like, you know, flick swiping through. And I just thought I just didn't think it was for me. I just didn't think I'm not I'm not. This isn't really how I'm how I want to meet somebody right now. I'm, or may, I don't think I was ready for it either at that time. I think I just wanted that ego mm. boost. For me, they get a bit tedious and tiresome after a while. And yeah. you kind of think I just swipe occasionally I don't even go on every day or every week anymore and I think when you get to that point you're probably not meant to be on it anymore because you're not that interested so why would you force a relationship and you're clearly not that keen yeah Yeah. Um, I find myself like often going on there like on Sundays when I'm hungover and just swiping through (laughs) a bit of an ego boost to pick me up a little bit but that in the end I would match with people and then they just get in the inbox and nothing would ever come of it yeah um so I mean unless you're actually have any intent of following and throwing it and I think probably the same for a lot of people that are on there as well um it, there's just no point in having it and it is I think it becomes quite a toxic platform to be using in that kind of sense because while there are some people that probably do the same thing as you there's also a lot of people that are on there to kind of find something more serious if that makes sense so yeah, yeah I just think it can be it is mainly an ego boost from my point of view and I've not I've not used them for a few months now so my flatmate's single and she's on hinge and she's at that stage where she's sort of bored of it not interested in anyone all the profiles don't appeal to her and we got into the habit of doing this thing and we call it let's play hinge and it's normally on a Saturday when we've had a drink and obviously nothing else is going on in lockdown. And then we just yeah. go on it together and we're like, this isn't really serving a purpose. Like we're just going through, swiping, joking around, messaging some people, some really shitty drunk messages and then nothing <laughs> comes from it. But obviously we find it fun, but that's not the purpose of the app. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think dating apps have divided a lot of people, especially during lockdown, because I did do a poll on Instagram recently asking people what their thoughts were on dating apps and 40% voted yes, but 60% voted no. So it wasn't actually too, it was almost like 50-50 really, but obviously there was the overwhelming majority went for no. Um, so I'm not sure if that's like in general or if it's mainly because of the lockdown but I know that with dating apps like as as we've said it it can be really difficult to find like a real genuine connection and get past that initial you know oh 
what you're up to and just endless messaging that just doesn't go anywhere and I think that yeah on a on an app like you know especially in a lockdown you can't go and meet these people in person either and I think that that makes it more difficult because you are just kind of talking and talking and you don't know where it's going to go um, and you don't even you haven't had a chance to really you know actually meet this per- person and, and know who they are and what they're really like so it is uh I think there's a a divide when it comes to that um some people really love it yeah. some people have met I know people that have met you know the loves of their lives on on dating apps and you know yeah. I know friends that have you know met long-term partners from that and then I know other people that have had you know really awful experiences yeah, met so, the worst person of their lives yeah just gone on like <laughs> awful dates and and but then I suppose it's like that with anything I think you know I, I think one friend said to me that you know it's one of those where you might get like you know a gem in there once in a while but a lot of the time you know it's just kind of like yeah. ah this isn't you know nothing's happening I've not met I've not met the one and yeah it, it it is I guess it depends and it depends where you are in your life as well I think like what you're what you're on the apps for are you looking for something more serious or are you looking yeah. for an ego boost I feel like it a lot of the time as well leaves so much room to romanticize a person rather than actually getting to know them and you get this idea of what you want on you, you kind of plan your future with them in your head I know it sounds really bad but it gives you so much room to do that especially in a pandemic which I found yeah. that I was doing a lot when I first started doing that um and obviously it is never healthy so I think that also kind of ties into the self-love side of things and realizing where your ego is leading you as opposed to what you really should be following in terms of true love I suppose (laughs) Um, yeah I definitely agree I think especially when you said about where you are in your life and mindset and things because I know for a fact at the start of the lockdown when I still thought I would be moving away I was not interested in dating at all because I was under the impression you know what's the point I'm leaving the country um, and then when that situation changed, I thought, oh, I'm a bit bored in lockdown. Let's see what's out there. And I do mm-hmm. think people, especially when we're in the lockdowns and not in the breaks, that people find it tedious because why are you going to message someone for three months knowing that you can't see them? Mm. It's, it's difficult. Whereas when it's the breaks in between and hopefully the end of lockdown this summer, I think morale will boost because people will be we can meet we can actually go on dates and it's not a virtual experience it will become a real life experience yeah Yeah, absolutely and and it is very much um you know a a question of kind of what what sort of connection kind of are you looking for and like are are you willing to sort of wait out you know the amount of time it might take for you to meet this person and actually for something to happen like it there's so much to consider I know that you know some people are that's you know the only way that people are dating right now is is through kind of like zoom zoom calls and and your facetimes and you know some people are loving that but I do know this one person reached out to me and said that um they found that dating apps you know had just created a lot of uh, online empty rhetoric and no real human connection so that was that was you know a very strong no for the so Fabia, you mentioned that you met your partner on Hinge and, you know, you have had the experience of navigating a relationship during the pandemic after meeting somebody on a dating app. So how 
would you sort of describe that experience you know to people who might not necessarily have had that same experience or you know would be interested I guess in that yeah I would say it's definitely been difficult not difficult as such we haven't been around or anything but it's frustrating because we were so newly together when the second lockdown hit that it wasn't really an option to lock down together I think if he had it his way we definitely would have but I was like honey no let's not (laughs) yeah yeah I'm like this is this is a red flag if we're moving together now yeah Um, (laughs) that is too soon too soon yeah far too soon um so then after that we I'm trying to think there's been so many different lockdowns and I've been in so many places yeah I know I know it's number three isn't it at the moment and I've lived here for some and I lived at home for some but yeah um so we met in the break between I think we met in June and I think that was a bit of a break, right? Or was it July? Yeah. I don't know. Our yeah. first date was a FaceTime date, which was so nerve wracking because as you guys <laughs> know, FaceTiming someone you've never met is so awkward. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we had this FaceTime date and it was, it was sweet, but awkward. And just, I laugh about it now. And I kept calling him <laughs> Zoom boy and all my friends literally even some of them now still call him Zoom boy and they don't call him by his name because <laughs> that's just his identity <laughs> now but he hates that um and then once it was allowed so we must have still been in a lockdown actually and then once it was allowed we went on a social distance walk around some lakes in mm-hmm. my house which was nice Aww. and then we did quite a few of social distance walks and picnics and things because I was still at that time you know everyone was really nervous about the virus and didn't really know what was going on whereas now I'd be I'm less not less cautious but I'm less scared of it whereas at the time I was like oh I don't really know what what's going on so so much unknown wasn't there yeah so I definitely stuck to like social distance at the start and then we came out of a lockdown fully and we ended up having a holiday in Cornwall which was really nice um and that's where sort of things we had the conversation about you know what are we which on holiday is extreme because you're already on holiday but yeah. oh yeah because that, oh, that we go. tits up like you'd be you know in a bit of trouble <laughs> like, like oh my god well, we've like, got I'm we're in another up. country together how are we gonna get back oh that's gonna be all an awkward flight home yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we um luckily actually no let's be honest so there was a point where we were on the drive home actually and he had asked me to be his girlfriend and I literally started crying not from happiness from absolute fear and I was like fuck like I don't know if I can do this like it was horrendous the poor boy was probably like what have I got myself into (laughs) this girl is damaged yeah like why are you on holiday this is so funny because this is very similar to how me and my boy, my last boyfriend got together <laughs> well, and he know, asked me out on the drive home. <laughs> God, that's yeah. mad. No, this is, I think we're all syncing up here because that actually, I, I have had that experience as well where somebody's like said, right, this is where I stand with it. Like, oh, what are we doing? And then I've just burst into tears. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to, I'm not sure. And I don't want to hurt this person. And it is like, I think it is relatable because it's a big thing when somebody puts that on you and you're like, oh my God, I've got yeah. to make, you know, this is a big decision. You know, I don't, I'm glad I'm not going to tell him that, but like, listen, 
wasn't yeah. just me. No, yeah. I hope. And I was like, when my boyfriend asked me, I was like, are you joking? He was like, oh. And I was like, <laughs> well, I just didn't know what to say. I was like, don't ask me out in the car. And he was like, oh, do you, what, you don't want to go out with me? And I was like, no, I will. <laughs> but <laughs> Took it back. It like, the initial panic, I was like, I was like, don't ask me out in the car. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah. The, the, the yeah, but do it properly in a romantic <laughs> setting don't ask Too me like, I would have freaked out even if he did a romantic thing I just think mentally <laughs> I wasn't in a place um yeah yeah and like which is so odd for me because before this experience I was like a serial monogamous like I was just constantly in a relationship not not the kind of person yeah. that bounces from one or like overlaps any but yeah. I'd like have a relationship and then I would have six years and uh, six months to myself wouldn't yeah. date anyone wouldn't speak to anyone and then the next person I found I ended up with and it's just been this cycle yeah. my whole life and then it got to a point obviously with him when he asked me out and I was like god I just feel that I'm a different person now I'd been through some other experiences with my ex and I was kind of not ready for it but it had nothing yeah. to do with him and everything to do with me the case that you would enter into a new relationship is like in a different mindset as a different person kind of thing so it's kind of growing from the last one so it's more yeah. so a fear of entering yeah Absolutely. yeah I get that yeah and I just think there were some things that I hadn't dealt with even though it'd been a few years since my last relationship ended I just hadn't dealt with some stuff and I clearly needed to process mm-hmm. it or go through it whatever before even opening up to someone in that way but mm. skip forward so I didn't take it back I was like I'm sorry I didn't say it's a no but it was clear it was not a yes yeah um, yeah but I was like please know that I do care about you and I do want to continue this if you're happy to blah 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 so we carried on and then we went into another lockdown and I moved in with my friend um I moved to a different county and I moved in with my friends so now we've gone from being 40 minutes apart to two and a half hours apart and that was interesting because we couldn't meet up for walks anymore so yeah we'd FaceTime and stuff but as I was with my friend I was FaceTiming him less because I was just you know hanging out with her and yeah doing our own thing so I think he especially has struggled with that because he was like we used to FaceTime a lot and now we don't like what does that mean but it doesn't mean anything it just means life is actually well, I think during yeah. lockdown because the communication like breaks down in different ways even between like friends and family or whatever I feel like yeah. your commu- communication kind of dips and dives between when it's active and when it's not doesn't it so yeah I agree because I I think you probably have felt the same some some weeks of lockdown you've got loads of facetimes with all your friends and you can't wait to speak to everyone and then the next you're like I don't even want to reply to a text like I yeah. just yeah. need to be <laughs> I think we've reached we have reached a point where it's just been so long now like we've you know we've reached the year mark of being mm. in lockdowns and in this crazy pandemic and I think that it's had it has had an effect on relationships both you know romantic and platonic I think that you know we're we are just really fed up now you know and, and I think that it's okay to to have those days where you are feeling like I just I just want to you know Netflix and just chill by myself and just eat chocolate and I don't want to speak to anyone and I think that that's fine like you know we have to have those times where we do that and and it's the same with and and you know with anything with friendships I think everybody kind of gets that you know because I remember like I was doing yeah 
I no, no, say, I, I was doing that, the boundaries. So yeah. it's like forced into the self love side of things, I guess. But you happen yeah. to like really like pay attention to those and like, give them give them their space, I guess. Yeah, I think we definitely got to a point where we're making allowances for people. I know, I don't know about you guys, but personally with my friendships, at the start of lockdown or last year, people were hitting that spot at different points. So some, it was like, yeah. why doesn't this person want to speak to me? Because I want to speak to them. And yeah. but now we're all sort of at the same point and we're like, no, we need a break. And that's fine. That doesn't represent how you feel about me or our friendship. It's just yeah. some time for yourself which is fine I think it's yeah it's made it really you know I think this has helped people sort of understand you know that it's not when somebody doesn't want to speak to you it's not it just doesn't have to be an attack on you it's just that you know they might need time for themselves or they're just not in the place mentally where they want to be you know talking to someone right now and they just need that time and I think that we have become a lot more accommodating of that because I think we all go through that we've all been through it you know we all have days like that as well and and in this pandemic, you know, we are, we've never dealt with anything like this before. You know, we've never had to, to think about having, you know, oh, how are we going to, how are we going to date somebody? How, how can we do that? Because oh. we're not even allowed to, you know, be near each other. Like we've never yeah. had to think about that before. We've never had to manage like a, an online relationship. We've never, well, you know, a lot of us haven't. And, and friendships as well, you know, like Zoom was just not really a thing that most of us like used. Yeah. We just didn't really, they just, no. you know, now that's suddenly become part of our language. And, you know, well, all these things mine, that we do. As like, you both know, <laughs> I have no idea how to use Zoom. Yeah, no, well, you know, we're trying, we're trying, you know, as a, <laughs> we're doing our best. Um, well, yeah, we're just, you know, we're trying to adapt to this new norm. You yeah. know, it's weird and it's going to have, it's, it's going to be a, a big thing. Um, and there's been a lot of, I think there's been a lot of um you know crap times that have happened for for all of us and we've all had hit sort of mental lows as well um but I do think that it has been interesting to sort of see I guess how resilient you know people are as well in that you know we are we always kind of with a lot of us you know we've become a lot more connected I think in some ways even though we're not physically connected I think like online you know people are really you know spreading this message of we're not you're not on your own we're okay um you know you've it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to like have that time for yourself and I think that that has become such a big message especially at this time and I think everybody like everybody is being heard you know everybody's like being listened to and I think this has really like made everybody slow down and, and really appreciate like what they have and their relationships with you know that with their partners and with their friends and in general like yeah. I know for me like with you know being on my own throughout this pandemic that has been something that I really really needed I didn't even know how much I needed it until I was like forced into that position because I think it was the yeah. same for me as well yeah definitely yeah. the same for me um I think as well like you were saying with um everyone kind of I think it's reassuring to see that everyone's on the same page and I feel like like you said it did come at different times um but knowing like putting a tweet out for example just saying I really can't be asked to speak to anyone recently is it just me or am I being really antisocial and then like 40 other people being in the same position liking it and it's just like this is the only route of like communication that we have um and I think that comes again coming back to dating I think it really kind of shows because people are approaching it in a a different way than they are before 
Yeah, um, I think communication is definitely key. I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, we actually did have a, a Emily wrote in and she did say, um, my boyfriend and I didn't see each other for six months, but we had to really communicate. And I think it actually helped massively with communication. So, you know, th this is the reality for like a lot of couples at the moment. They're not able to see each other in person. So, you know, they're having to do everything online. Like they're having to just be long distance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when you are, when you have sort of the ease of just being able to just pop round, taken away, you do really have to work on your relationship and, and how you communicate and, and interact with each other. I think that mm -hmm. becomes so, so important. It's important anyway, but now more than ever, you know, having that understanding each other and, and really communicating well is so important. Because yeah. um, when I you can't like actually be there. I for some people. How did you um, find kind of coming into a relationship in the pandemic? Did you find it was easier or kind of made you, you and your boyfriend stronger? It's hard to compare a mm. post-pandemic relationship to a pre-pandemic relationship. I don't know if that's just my own experience because I've the relationships I had before weren't the best or the healthiest, and I feel this one is. So already, it's very different, regardless of the situation mm. of the world. Um, and also, myself, I'd started going to therapy, so I was more aware, like self-aware, and trying to change behavior patterns and work through other stuff whereas in previous relationships I wasn't doing that so I think yeah a lot of factors are already different regardless of the lockdown but I do think like Amelia said without being able to pop around to each other's houses it mm. does highlight how important communication is in a sense that you are not seeing each other so it does bring to the surface any differences that you have because I think people get frustrated when you can't see each other and then also when you're frustrated you can get a bit snappy and it's not because you're angry yeah. at the person it's because you miss that person and it's how that manifests and then you have to manage that so mm. I think we personally I think we've done really well um we've definitely had to be honest about when one of us you know needs more or the other person needs less whatever it is I do think it's important to be honest about it and if you can't be honest about it then maybe you're not with the right person and course, that's a yeah. good way to know like if you can't turn around and say this is how I need to feel loved by you and they're like well I can't give you that then it's pretty clear that that person's not for you so I yeah, do think you, it teaches you how yeah, to communicate properly you should absolutely be able to tell, you know, your other half. Like, well, actually, I don't like to use that word, other half, because that implies that you... Because I'm a damn whole bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm self-partnered, as Emma Watson would say. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so with your, yeah, with your partner, it's, it's so important, you know, to have, you know, that open dialogue about where you both stand and be comfortable to have that conversation with each other about how you feel. Because I think, it, yeah, if you can't express to this person how you feel and, and your needs, then, you know, why are you with them? Like, if you don't feel that, you know, that you have that trust and that you have that, you know, you can speak to them, then, then what is the point of that? Because, you know, with a relationship, especially now more than ever, you know, I think it's really sort of, signified how important it is to be you know your own best friend first I guess yeah. and then you know yeah. anybody else kind of obviously nobody should be like 
take managing your you or life for you like that shouldn't happen like you yeah. should be in charge of that you should be you know there for yourself first but like someone that you're with you know it's about you know it's not this person completes me or this person you know without without this person I just I'm a crap human being like it's with this person you know we're two people bringing two great people together you know like we bring all this love together and and you know that comes from two people who have a lot of self-love who are just joining that together and I think that that is so important and now more than ever you know um it needs to be for any healthy relationship it needs to come from you know two people that they they do know their worth and they do yeah value themselves first as well as as the relationship the relationship shouldn't be you know their be all and end all which I think can be so easily done I know that absolutely in the past mm-hmm. I've had relationships that have just like consumed me you know and been like oh I have to make this work like I've invested so much into this it has to work and yeah and I think that I always expected you know because I didn't even realize it I didn't realize kind of this sort of I, I wasn't loving myself enough I didn't have that enough there that I was expecting somebody else to almost I guess I was hoping that someone else's love would would make me love myself more do you know what I mean yeah and I think that you think oh yeah well this person loves me so therefore I should love myself but it's not it doesn't work that way you know you know someone else can love you but it's not it's never going to be enough if you don't start with yourself first I, I definitely agree I think in order to have the best relationship possible with another person be that platonically or romantically you have to be aware that you are good enough on your own and you are whole on your own you're not half of this relationship you're two whole people and I think you just have to accept yourself for who you are and stop looking for other people to fix the things you don't like about yourself because you are just who you are certain things you can change of course but most of our behaviors are just our behaviors and instead yeah. of trying to distract yourself from that by finding other people, then, you know, relying on other people to sort of change it or take it away or make it better, just accept it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we did get so many people sort of talking about self-love, which was great. Um, it was really great to see. And we did have like quite a few people send in responses about that. And I know Ab- Abby sent in that she had started a self-love challenge in February where she writes one thing that she likes about herself every day and that you know being on her own has taught her to be more independent and to cope with things more on her own and she's kinder to herself now which I think is so which important which is good yeah absolutely I you know? one myself um so yeah I started trying this on myself because at the start of the year which kind of like leads into my serial date and year throughout the pandemic um I suffered with uh, cystic acne, uh, which left my skin severely scarred and obviously kind of ruined your self-confidence as is. Um, so there was kind of all these like self-help books that I was following and all of these Instagrams, it was all kind of skin positivity and these kind of things. Um, and I decided, again, that technique that she's tried out um, would be one of the things I did. And also writing down three things a day that I was grateful for. Um, and it actually served me more purposes than just kind of like self-confidence and self-love um, because I, I guess it's the same for everyone throughout the, the pandemic. Some days were harder to get through than others, especially if you've not kind of got anything in sight that keeps pushing you through. 
yeah and I think that is a really really healthy thing for anyone to start doing a fair struggling as well because it definitely helped me out quite a lot um but yeah that's good I'm glad you did that my therapist not to continue plugging my therapist but she um... <laughs> yes absolutely Can keep plugging the therapist you know we should all encourage therapy therapy is good. therapy normalized therapy <laughs> but she um she had a similar thing where she basically tells her clients to praise themselves for one thing each day and I started doing it with my housemate and we would tell each other what our praise for ourselves were and I think it's a similar thing you know you're just taking away the negative narrative that some people have towards themselves and you're turning it into a a positive one like I'm thankful yeah. for my body for carrying me through this day or whatever it is that's so yeah. it's so important I think that, that that's a really good point in that you know getting somebody else to say this is a great thing about you and really internalizing that is so important because I think we so often you know well I know with my friends if any of my friends are feeling down or you know just in general I'll be like you're amazing you're a strong queen you've got this I love you you're great and yet when it comes to yourself it's like oh um I don't know actually I'm all right I suppose uh, you know you're a bit you're not the same and and it's just it's weird that we like that it's like we've been trained into that of no I can't possibly be positive about myself because that, that'll be you know up my own ass and I don't want to sound like you know I'm, I'm you know self-absorbed but that's not the case you know it's it's it it's not bad to be positive about yourself it's a good thing to say this is something that I'm good at or I like this about myself you know and it's so rare that you hear people say that you know it's without you know and even you know in the back of my mind like it's almost like internalized that you think oh no why would you say that like yeah I think as women we're kind of like I mean maybe it's the same for some men as well but I think especially for women it's drummed into us from a young age that being too obnoxious or too confident is going to be um restricting for us it's going to come off bad it's kind of going to come off cocky it's going to come off bossy um I think that's probably something most people are aware of but yeah, yeah I definitely agree I with what you say there as you both absolutely. were speaking about that I was literally thinking like what the hell in the patriarchy is this like I this know patriarchy exactly. pushing you down I, I know don't, oh my god don't even get me started that's a whole other podcast that we could talk Honestly. about <laughs> we've already got that let's dismantle up. the, the patriarchy what <laughs> what the patriarchy is going on um yeah absolutely um you know it is okay it definitely does stem from that it stems from you know being sort keep of told women that, small exactly keep you know we're not it's it's the fact that we're supposed to do all this stuff you know to keep ourselves like you know looking looking glamorous and looking you know beautiful and 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 yet you know you're not allowed to acknowledge that at all you've got to be completely like oh no you know just quiet and delicate and you know don't don't voice your opinions that are too you know and it's just like even though obviously yeah, that's extreme it's still ingrained in you like intern like you know internalized in that that's the way it should be like why you know even you know to this day there are still things that I do that I think am I doing that for me or am I doing that for society you know and there's, yeah. there's this constant mm battle going on and I think the more self-aware you become about that and the more aware you become of the oppressive systems around you the more that you know you can start to work on changing that perception and I think especially with what we've been talking Mm -hmm. about with being you know in you know relationships um you know how it's so easy for for 
people to just think oh I'm not I'm not enough I can't I have to be looking for a relationship especially for women because I, I can't be on my own because that there's all these negative like nicknames that women get you know that if you're on your own for too long you've always got to be looking for a partner you've got to be it's always yeah. like this wait yeah. you're in this sort of waiting room when you're single or, oh yeah this is just an in-between phase yeah you know women will be called like you know spinsters and then a man will be called a bachelor and you know it's it's just this whole thing of you know why why is that well we know why but you know when are we going to actually you change that it's true I think once you start to acknowledge the differences between like you said what you want to do for yourself and what you're only doing because you've been brought up to do that be that by society yeah. or whatever you once you can see the difference between the two and decide which road you want to take you can then accept your authentic self more be your authentic self and then that leads you on to a better journey of self-love yeah definitely this is definitely one of the reasons as well why I never really dated as such before um because it was if through your dating or dating around or dating one more than one person was always kind of looked at looked down upon but mm. I just decided at the start of last year and was like I'm just gonna date I'm gonna date multiple people at once if I want to didn't really yeah. have to be much but um I was just like I'm not not a bad woman or a bad person for going on dates and exploring yeah. my options I'm actually not settling for the first thing that that presents Absolutely. itself to me yeah. and kind of fitting myself within this box for that one person does that make sense yeah and I think yeah. I think you're right I think the thing especially towards women you know we need to learn that you're not obliged to give yourself over to the first person you meet and you actually owe people nothing if you're just exactly. dating you're yeah. not you don't have any loyalty or responsibility to any of them that's not giving you a free pass to be a bad person but you're not in a relationship you're dating so if you want to date multiple people that's fine but yeah like you say girls aren't encouraged to do that at all and it's more no, you're not like, you're loyal from the first date but yeah you've got to be loyal yeah. you've got to be waiting for them really to call kind of, you yeah <laughs> like, yeah I've still oh, got this yeah. really unhealthy mindset where I'm like if I'm speaking to more, one, more than one person at one time I feel really bad on them even yeah. though boys in the past have spoken to multiple people when they're speaking yeah. to me, and it's just like a standard bit. Kind it's of like your instinct. Yeah. It's like the your girl has to, to wait feel... for the boy to decide you're the one I want after five. I know. To. That's well. That's exactly. Well, what we're it is, flipping you know, the narrative now, guys. Yes. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> Absolutely. We, you know, and it's about time. Yeah. I. I just think you know we've got we're coming you know we're getting there slowly but surely but I think the more women start speaking out and start you normalize you know this this whole thing of you know it's okay to not all these rules around dating for women all these rules in general for women you know um, and really rewriting that and, and fighting against that is so important so Amelia what's your experience with love and lockdown (laughs) my experience of love um well I think that from well when I went into lockdown I was single and I still am single so I've been you know really guess working a lot on the self-love um which you know she's as that sounds is very very true um I was you know I think I was in need of spending a you know a good amount of quality time with myself because I think I've been avoiding that for a long time you know because you've got all these distractions 
in life where you can go out with people and you can go and do this and you can do this and I live for that I live for just going out with friends and, and always you every every minute of my time I would just be like oh I want to hang out with this person I want to do this thing and just to avoid you know ever having to just sit and just sit on my own in my room I'm I just, much just the didn't same. want to do that yeah I just yeah. hated that and and I always wanted to be with people and be around people and I think I obviously I love being around people but I think another part of it was I just didn't want to be you know sat with my own thoughts because I just just didn't want to yeah. deal with that and I think that when I was in the lockdown I, I was you know forced to be like right okay you know you can't just go out and and go out with your friends and do this and that anymore you've got to be you know finding other ways to be happy and I think that that was a big moment for me in realizing right okay I need to think about who I actually am find that person again um you know and other people who am I when other people aren't around sort of thing and um yeah I just started to I did a lot more writing um which is something that I love to do I started to work on my blog a lot and I started to write a lot of pieces about you know my experiences um with mental health um experiences as a woman and um you know just that I started up this Instagram page I really wanted to promote like positive messages and really sort of connect with people over like my sort of experiences and with like-minded people who had gone through the similar things and that really opened up like a huge opportunity for me I think in terms of like finding kind of that part of myself that I'd not really tapped into before and you know oh actually this is one something that you know I really enjoyed doing like I like writing about this I like talking to people about this um but also it really gave me that sort of oh you know this is what I should be doing like this is what I want to do you know and and I think that I suddenly had this massive drive you know and it wasn't like I think I'd spent so long especially because I'd had you know this long relationship before um that I'd invested so much into that that I'd taken up so much of my headspace that when it came to like being on my own and not having that it was like oh what am I going to do now like what now that I don't even have that going on I don't have it not dating yeah yeah do you feel like you box yourself in slightly from the last relationship and you've kind of kind of made some rules as as to around what you can and can't do and how far you can take yourself if that makes sense yeah absolutely I think it gives you a lot of time to reflect when you're just you know on your own and you've got to think oh okay and I've become so much more self-aware I think from from being in lockdown Mm. and being sort of with myself and it's made me realize you know I'm actually not that bad like I used to be pretty like you know pretty against myself I was always like my own worst enemy and like you know I think being in the lockdown really forced me to start to become you know start to rebuild this relationship that I had with myself and um yeah give yourself the credit you deserve yeah well exactly and I think that that's the thing isn't it I think it's so easy to I I would always just dismiss everything I achieved to like oh this is just I got lucky or you know Mm. oh you know just downplay it and instead of because again it comes back to that thing we talked about before of you know oh I can't possibly credit myself because that will sound really obnoxious and arrogant and I don't want to do that um and yeah and it's just honestly been I've been saying to a lot of people I don't like to say this has been like the best thing to ever happen to me because it's always been a horrific year and for so many people 
and it's been you know like horrible awful things that have happened to people and, and the businesses and their families um but if i if i have to like look at a positive side it would be that you know being on my own and having that time to really slow down and like not think about other things has massively time. like helped me as a person i think and and found, mm. I, i've enabled me to explore a side of myself that i hadn't before that's good and i think it is important to look at the silver linings of everything that's going on otherwise you know we're going to look back at it and it's just going to be misery and upset and a lot of heartbreak which it still will be obviously because terrible things are happening mm. but it's important that there are also positives and things that we'll look back over this and we'll be like okay well this bit wasn't so bad and you know because of this I was able to slow down self-reflect mm -hmm. and spend time with myself and what's the point in going through a bad situation if you don't get something good out of it I was just going to say do you guys feel like you're kind of being forced to recognize I mean they probably were there before but like recognize the positives of bad situations now now that's really all you've got to sit down with you take away maybe work or take away uni or you take away friends and family and you're just left with that do you think that you're being forced to sit down with that and recognize it one-to-one yeah, yeah I, and so. I don't think you often want to sit down with with some of the you know no. with, with like past th things that have happened in your life and that you think oh you know like when you think that you cringe you're like oh no that I hate that that's <laughs> not I hate that I was that I did that or I was like that you know and you can sit with yourself and you have to think about that and I think that that's also a good thing though mm. is as as cringy as it is when you cringe at like your past self it's like oh well I've grown then if I'm cringing yeah. at that behavior because it shows yeah. that I've come a long way from there and I think that that's been a big thing in the pandemic, especially like of growth and, and really being with yourself in, in a way that I don't think a lot of us have the time to do in, in normal day to day life. Because we're always so busy with with other things like out, out and about doing work, you know, and and now, you know, a lot of us have had this time where so many people have been furloughed, you know, and, and have just been literally yeah. having to sit and what am I going to do, you know, 24 seven now, and my life has completely changed. And that has been, you know, it's brought so much, you know, it's chaos, and, and it's been awful, but there have, you know, yeah, like, like we were saying, you know, when you are faced with with hardship, and with a bad situation, it, it's so important to try and find that little bit of positivity in there that can really sort of yeah. flip it on its head and, and be like okay well this at least you know I'm able to do this now or this has enabled me to appreciate this a lot more and when when I do go back into society um I will be you know a, a, a different person like because of it do you think um yeah when when we do go back into society now that you both know the importance of you know slowing down taking time to reflect and all of that do you think when everything's open again and you can almost pick your life back up will you consciously try to put time aside for self-reflection and yeah. new time or do you think you'll go straight back to how you were before yeah definitely I mean one of the things that I used to do which is really just not nourish certain parts of my life I had a really bad balance um and as a quite an action it really didn't make for kind of good decisions or anything like that so I mean it's hard to say how it's going to play out because I already feel quite anxious about how I'm going to approach going back into normal day-to-day -day life because 
being out of work and having less stresses and just having generally quite a lot less to worry about when it comes to dating and stuff like that having removed myself from that situation for quite a while um it's hard to see how you're going to place yourself back into those situations yeah take it all on board yeah. but I think like you said Amelia I think you're gonna we're gonna end up recognizing certain behaviors um and really just realizing whether something's actually going to benefit us in the long run or if we're just trying to set ourselves into a box like I said before um do you think you'll take that into dating and relationships post lockdown you know like you say, assessing the situation and recognising behaviours. Do you think this is something you'll yeah. use carrying forward? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think before I was just kind of chucking myself into things um, with my heart on my sleeve a bit. And like I said before, kind of making up this idea of people in my head um, that I wanted them to be on what I wanted it to turn out like and not being really realistic about it. Um, and I think the one thing that, that lockdown has done is made me take a step back from that and, and look at it in a realistic way and ask myself is this benefiting me how is it going to work in the long run are there certain things which I don't like that I'm not just kind of sweeping under the carpet kind of thing yeah, um, yeah for sure that's yeah. good um can that's you tell so us a true. bit about your experience with dating and love in lockdown what's your story so I come out of a relationship in about October 2019, um, which was quite a short-lived relationship as it was. Um, I was like I said before, I was um, going through um, issues with my skin and acne, um, which really kind of <laughs> punched me in the gut with um, my self-confidence, and it wasn't something I was really readily prepared for. Um, and that is how I kind of ended up where I am today in assessing certain things and that relationship kind of ended because I wasn't really getting what I needed from it had it been any other situation then I probably would have stayed in that for maybe two or three years and it would have burnt out anyway um, yeah. it wasn't yeah. necessarily that he, it was anything he was doing wrong it was just that we weren't right for each other um, and the fact that I was obviously going through what I was going through really highlighted that as well um, yeah. that came to, to a standstill and then I didn't date for probably about six months um, and then I went into 2020 obviously before um, the lockdown before Covid um, and I said to myself one thing I want to do this year is just date because I've not dated before I've not really explored my options and like really actually figured out what kind of boy I wanted to go for boy man um, what I wanted to go for and what I wanted from a relationship because obviously and evidently what I was going for wasn't working yeah. um so it was really just kind of the discovery process and I know maybe that sounds selfish in a sense that I was going on multiple dates or exploring my options no, all at no, once not at all no. I feel like that's definitely something that you, you have to do in order to to find out like what what suits you or what works around you um yeah and I mean it led me to go on multiple dates throughout 2020 obviously not during lockdown but um the first lockdown I was like I said I went on a date with a boy the day the lockdown got announced um and we spoke throughout the first part of lockdown and that quickly kind of deteriorated um he was out of work and then I was still working myself um 
and the communication side of things really it does get highlighted quite a lot um, it suffers doesn't it massively and it just kind of came to it came to a stop um and I mean it's quite natural for that to happen I think and I'm glad it did because the things that aren't meant to work out kind of show to themselves a lot quicker than what I would imagine uh, a normal relationship as such would but yeah, yeah. it was it was an experience <laughs> No, I think that's interesting because I actually did read this article um, a, a little while back about how people were saying that um, this lockdown has really made people <laughs> really like lift, like e- extend their standards, I guess, because um, everybody, you, you can't invest in something that you just think, like before, you know, I think a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, I'll go on that date. Like, why not? Or I'll see where this goes because you can, like, there's nothing like, no, no barriers. There's no, whereas now I think everybody's a lot more like, wait, is this person like, do I really see like a future with this person? Is this really going to go anywhere? Because otherwise, like, yeah. I'm not going to risk, I'm not going to think like bubble up with someone or take this further if this is really nothing. So I think people have, it has really changed people's mindsets of dating. And I think a lot of people have been, you know, who have been dating during the pandemic have said, you know, oh, I want, I want something legit, something serious. And so, you know, I, I'm not just yeah. looking for, because you can't, you know, it's not like, it's not like the environment that like you can't possibly do that. Like it's dating has really no. changed. And, and I think that's changed people's mentalities. And it would be really interesting to see after this pandemic ends, um, what people would do when they when they go back to dating like are they going to go back into you know just dating flippantly and just oh we'll see where it goes or you know have or are they going to yeah. be a bit more like actually is this person like right for me and then really think about it it will yeah. be interesting see I think this really was another thing that I found quite difficult um with the fact that I was just kind of finding my feet with dating in that sense at the start of last year um, was that all of my friends who had previously been single with me um, had then gotten quite quickly into relationships as well so I was in the mindset that like oh it must be it must be easy it must come straight quite naturally to people if you like um, and they've all they've all remained in quite successful really happy relationships um, and I guess their their own experiences will be kind of very different to probably many of ours as well um, but it just goes to show that, like I say, it's different for every from every person's perspective. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys have I wanted any experiences to, of that as well. I wanted to touch on a point that you guys made um, earlier, where you were talking about how people are sort of sifting through quicker and just making decisions about people sooner. And I think that's because I guess we've lost a year of our lives essentially and it's really highlighted that there is not enough time to for everything we want and I think people are now less likely to waste years of their life with with a person that isn't for them and in a relationship that they know is toxic or unhealthy and I do think that is a positive thing because people deserve to be with you know people that made them happy or deserve to be on their own if that's what they want and I think it's definitely good the realization of time in that sense is good because people are you know raising their standards and putting themselves first yeah 
yeah it is it is true um you know it when when these casual dating has kind of been taken off the table you know it you're not able to just go and meet somebody and hook up you know like like you used mm. to all the clubs are shut like bars are shut like that sort of way of life has been taken away and I think yeah. it, it has I think it, it's almost we have gone back to sort of like the old days I guess a little yeah. bit in terms of you know oh is courtship you know is this like worth yeah. it like what a, you know and, and everything has changed like so much and I think in some ways I do think like I guess it depends on you as a person what your preferences are you know like um as you know when it comes to dating but I think you know yeah it really has sort of encouraged like these you know oh I'm gonna go on a, a walk with this person soon like a date like like a like Bridgerton sort of like suit going on <laughs> yeah. there with like a suitor you know what I mean and it, it's just it's this whole new well. yeah this whole new like way of dating like oh like I know that's like oh yeah we're gonna go on a walk soon like that's become part of like the dating like language now it's like oh we're having a zoom call tonight or we're going on a walk together and it's like <laughs> so strange because that you just never it'd be like, oh no I'm gonna go for a drink with them or I'm gonna do that but not you can't yeah. do that so if somebody asked so... you to go for a walk two years ago you'd be like what <laughs> What? Um, what? no I'm not gonna oh, that's a bit dodgy that um no yeah <laughs> where you are we walking yeah exactly um, I think you're right though I think sex has almost been taken off the table in all situations apart from couples who have locked down together so you've got yeah. single people you've got couples that aren't together you know you've got friends with benefits it's all sort of just gone and the yeah, only no. people that are actually able to have sex with those who have decided to either move in with their partner early you know yeah. earlier than they would have or people that already lived together pre-lockdown yeah. life yeah yeah of course your parent free and living by yourself and breaking some rules but yeah I mean, there'll be a few people yeah. yeah definitely there are yeah I do it, think it's it, interesting I I remember and in the first lockdown at the start, people, you know, some of my friends who were in relationships having to make the decision, do they move in together? And mostly they all lived at home. So they're moving in with their partner's whole family um, mm. or do they separate and that being quiet? At the time I was single, so I couldn't relate at all. And I was like, God, whatever, it's nothing to do with me. But um, mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting how it has forced some people to take that step sooner than they would have I've got a friend in particular she moved in with her partner and his family and it made them realize how much they do want to live together and now they're looking for a property of their own whereas they may not have done that this soon without this lockdown yeah Yeah, that that makes me think of you know people that have the make or break situation you know like some people who have you know taken that next step in their relationship and moved in together or that it's made you know I know some people have said that it's made them you know really close um like yeah. it's really strengthened their relationship and then some people that have you know broken up during this lockdown and and just the whole you know thing about dating it's interesting because I did have um one of my friends actually wrote in she she explained because she's she's been you know trying to navigate a relationship during this lockdown and it's been you know difficult because she is a key worker and the girl that she has been dating is a vulnerable person. So they've been having to really sort mm-hmm. of in, put in place these, you know, boundaries, strict boundaries there. Yeah. Like, and, you know, she said as well, because she sent in, she said that 
I like being single. I like being independent, but because I came out a few years ago and I've never dated a woman, I felt like I should at least try it out. While I find dating a girl a lot more enjoyable, it's been difficult to date someone during this time as we cannot even hold hands. We've been on several dates, going on walks, and last week even going on a picnic. But I have had several occasions where I have begun to question whether it is worth it or not. Not because the woman in question is wrong for me, but because it could be months until we can even hold hands. She is vulnerable and I'm a key worker. A lot of our dating is online and sometimes I struggle to find stuff to talk about as all I do is work. Mm, it must be so difficult. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like with that one, um, that is, like we said before, a massive part of the communication side of things, but I feel her on a whole level when it comes to running out of things to say. Obviously, because we're not doing anything and because a lot of the time we're probably not even speaking to our friends anymore there is such a lack of things to actually speak about um and obviously the basis of online dating to begin with is just finding those common interests and kind of finding that initial spark if you like um before initiating the real thing I suppose yeah how can you know you know it's so uh, especially when it it's such like you said, like, it's kind of like this pressure almost of is, you know, are we going to take the next step? Or, and you don't even know. Sometimes you need that time. Like with dating, especially, it's, you're still getting to know this person. You don't even know if you are compatible. Like you can get into a relationship with this person and a year down the line, all these things come out and, you know, things change. But at the beginning now, it's like this pressure of you've, you don't have that leeway anymore it's like is this right okay yes let's go for it is it not end it like you don't really have a lot of time to really see how it's going to go because it's just it's just too you know it's not it's not really possible at the moment so it's it has really created a lot of issues I think for 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 people in in that regard I feel all conversations are so repetitive with my friends with my family members and even with my boyfriend and it's like the the talking stage on a dating up must be dry right now but even sometimes in my relationship I'm like we're having the same conversation every day and it's okay there's a bit more spice in there because we do know each other and I feel when you're in a relationship you also vent more than you do to someone that you're not in a relationship with so there's the whole element of problems Um, like if you're annoyed at work or whatever it comes out more but I do think just everybody is having the same conversation with everyone over and over again and it's just exhausting yeah Yeah. it is it's just that that's it happens at the best of times I find especially with apps you know it's I think that was something that I got really bored of because I'm I'm not really a big messaging person and I think that you know that is like a bit obviously the whole thing of, of dating apps is that you meet you know you match with someone and then you start chatting um but I just get so fed up of talking after a while because I just feel like for me I just want to skip that part I just want to be like okay we'll do all the talking after I've actually met you in person then I know kind of if there's something there because otherwise I feel like I'm talking to you for weeks and weeks and then we meet up and we actually have nothing really in common in person because I don't think the person you are on a message is it really isn't a reflection of who you really are in person because I've had that in the past where I've spoken to people and 
I remember I dated this guy for a little bit who who you would send like massive, massive long messages and seem like super outgoing. But like in person, you know, he was so shy and quiet. Mm. And like when I first met yeah. him, I was so surprised because he was just, you know, nothing like the way he messaged. And I think that over kind of dating apps and, and messaging, the talking phase, like when it gets to the point where you're talking for the sake of talking, like, oh, what do you have for breakfast? You know, like oh. what? Like what is it? Is this, you know? No, it's just nobody. Like I just don't. I, I at the best of times, you know, I'm not really like into messaging. But when it gets to that, I'm just I'm so bad. I'd much rather yeah. just have a call or meet him. Well, obviously back then I would just say, can we let's just go for a coffee? Let's just meet up. But now it's of yeah. it's different. But I even now like I've just started having a lot more, a lot more like calls. I did have like a couple of FaceTime dates um that's as much as I've done like really but even then I just feel like it's one of those where you can't really tell I don't know maybe that's just me but it's so hard to tell like what mm. because it's like over a camera you're like do I really have it I, I mean we get on it seems that we get on but is the chemistry there like or is it just like platonic yeah. I can't tell like yeah. in a way that you don't have that element of that you know in person and there's that quite you know that you can sort of you know you're in the same Feel space and there's that tension there's that spark whereas like on a on a chat like on a camera you know you're just facetiming each other it's hard yeah. it's, I just find I don't know my experience I just found it really hard to tell I think you're right I think there's so many parts of getting to know someone that is lost now um even down to you know you you maybe haven't been on holiday with your partner if you've met in lockdown or if you got together just before or you haven't seen who they are when they're drunk or who they are when they're with their friends or when they're with your friends and there's so many elements of a relationship that you would have probably have had earlier on say you met them in a club environment you would have seen them drunk and with their friends so there's a lot that's missing and I think some couples may get this huge realization that their partner is not who they thought they were because when the world opens up there'll be all this other parts of their partner that they will see that they've never met before but they could be a year and a half in by that point yeah I would say like you should always get drunk with someone you're seeing before initiating the relationship because if someone (laughs) is like a horrible drunk for example then it's like an absolute no go isn't it so yeah like a lot of red flags could come out yeah but by that point you may be living with them in love with them and I know and I I think we can all we've probably all been there as well where the red flags have been there from the start and we've just completely ignored them like you know anything that happens absolutely you don't want to see them it's like no it's fine get away from me like like um like this is I'm, I'm going in this direction whether you like it or not this is where I'm going and like nothing can stop you and then you know eventually you know down the line it's like oh yeah well you know I probably should have realized that but um you know you don't want to see that and I think that I know maybe it's harder now because I guess you, you know, it's, see maybe it's not even as obvious now. yeah like you were saying um Fabio it you know you don't know there are all these things that I think come out quicker sort of in, in a normal yeah. sort of environment that you realise about this person, whereas might not necessarily, if you kind of have only ever known each other sort of in one environment, um, have got a chance to explore that really. And But it's like anything, isn't it? With a relationship in general, it's, you know, with it's you can't ever get into something with a guarantee. Oh yeah, this is me sorted for life now. Like you can't, and as much as you'd like to, you've, you, you hope it is, like you can be like, oh yeah, this person's great. But like, you know, you've got to be 
always kind of aware that you know you who knows who knows what's around the corner who knows what's like going to happen like you can you know you can't control the future yeah I think that's interesting that you you talk about how we shouldn't be planning for the future all the time and sometimes we should just live in the moment but I think lockdown is especially forcing couples to think about the future be that if you're moving in early or not um but especially you're planning things to do together for once life is normal and lockdown is over and perhaps in a way you wouldn't do before maybe more serious things um so I do think it's sort of flipped that on the head really and now you're committed and you're apart and it makes you want to do more together than maybe you would have if life was just plodding along as normal yeah no for sure I think it it has been a case of like you were saying before of this we're suddenly aware of time in a way Mm. that we weren't before because you know with with everything that's happened you know I think it's really put a lot of things into perspective and it's made us appreciate you know life a lot more and the people that we have around us and I think that that has really changed a lot of people's mindsets when it comes to their relationships and their friendships and and what they really want out of life I think people are you know questioning that like becoming a lot more self-aware in that regard yeah do you think it's made you less codependent oh 100 percent 100 percent I just feel like I I used to I you know it's one of those things where you know the past me would never like to admit oh you know I can't be on my own or I'm but I, I think a part, a little bit of me was like that because I, I did always yeah. want to be around people. And I did in my relationships, I think I was, you know, on a subconscious level looking for something to like, oh, I feel like I need to be in, in this great relationship to make me like, val- mm-hmm. like to validate myself almost. And I felt like when I, I you know, like yeah. Reassurance. yeah, like yeah. it made me feel better, you know, to think, oh, like I'm with, you know, I'm with somebody who, it's like that whole thing of um not you know if you don't have that self-love there you know when you're with someone you just want you know you're getting all of the love just from them and it's never going to be enough because you don't have it in yourself to begin with and I think that automatically puts you on on the back foot and I think that it's gonna be an unhealthy relationship if that's how it starts because I know that I, I don't think that you know it's it's possible to you know to not to have a, a totally healthy relationship if you have like such a low regard like no no love there at all for yourself and no, no boundaries for yourself because I think that yeah. you know you need you are your your you know as someone a friend said to me this to me once and I, and I think it, it's always stayed with me you are your only constant in life you know you are yeah the person that you're you wake up with every day you're with 24 seven in a way that no one else is. So, you know, that is the relationship that you need to nurture first and foremost. And I know we all say that we all think, Oh yeah, of course, like self-love, but I don't think that really hit home for me until the pandemic. I think when, you know, when the lockdown hit and I really was like on my own, that's when I realized like, no, it is so important, like self-love and self-care and, and really having a friendship with myself in being on my side um, rather than constantly against myself pushing my boundaries disrespecting my boundaries like you know just putting myself at the bottom of the pile like you know it's so easily done and I think that you know you've got you've got to really find yourself again in, in, in a situation like this I agree I think I've had 
such I don't know how to describe it conflicting experience with that the codependency thing because I'm quite an independent person anyway even though I have had a lot of relationships and I do prefer being in a relationship to not I have grown up in an environment from a very small age which forced me to be very independent and you know self-assured as such and I think in some relationships I have lost that and become dependent but then also not it's really difficult because that underlining has always been there the the foundations and I know recently especially my current partner has had you know struggles with how independent I am and how much I don't really need the relationship like I want it but I don't need it and and my friends even they they all just go on about how independent I am and I think it's COVID in a way has made me more so because like Mm. you say it forces you to be by yourself but I don't know if maybe too far now because I am I was already more independent than some and now I'm very much like I could leave the country and not come back you know like it's it's interesting I think yeah. I don't know if it's going to I think you should definitely be more independent going into a relationship I think that's a healthy way to to go into something because like you say I do think you end up codependent on someone which I don't think is ever healthy obviously in a certain extent and in a certain area of how you depend on them but initially I think you really do have to be able to rely on yourself and um I guess it comes back to kind of, kind of like if you're if you are codependent on someone it maybe become to- can become toxic sorry or mm. can become quite abusive in a sense yeah. which I think is kind of dangerous territory so I think it's quite important to be dependent and, and know yourself and what mm. you want from that and where where you kind of lead yourself yeah I agree yeah. I think that's a fine line though. I think it's dangerous either side it's dangerous to be too dependent on someone or a relationship in particular and then it's dangerous to be so independent that you are untouchable and nobody can commit to you you can't really commit yeah totally I think that's really true and the worst thing is when you have two people where one person's attachment style is like complete no nobody can touch me I won't get vulnerable and the other person is like I need you like come here Mm. and like you know when you put those two together, like that is a, a relationship made in hell. Do you know what I mean? It's you know, so that's me and my toxic. boyfriend. Yeah, that... I'm, I'm definitely like I don't need anyone. I choose the people I want, but I don't. I could survive without everyone. And he's very much like I don't want to say he needs me because that's that's a bold assumption. Um, <laughs> but I feel he's the kind of person that is very dependent, and our relationship is yeah. I don't know how to word this about it being insulting um I think it comes different love styles as well so I think that everyone has their own kind of love language whether that's like yeah. I guess it's like the yeah in affection side of things so I think like I said before like it depends on how they co-depend on you I think there's a certain extent on which which is healthy and which isn't I feel god it's really hard to put into words I just feel he he's always like oh I wish you were more like not needy but more needy and clingy and needed more from this relationship than what I do and we're very opposite ends of the spectrum on what we need from a relationship and what we want from a relationship and 
obviously we're making it work and it's fine but I do think a lot of couples can suffer with that if you don't communicate it and understand yeah you, that your other person yeah. does have a different attachment style and a love language and you know yeah. people need different things I think it's as well like um that was like on the topic of love languages I found that so interesting because I remember that was something that with with my one of my exes that we looked at that um because that was a big thing for for us in terms of I think we had very different ways of feeling loved um you know I think uh for him like you know his way of showing love was to do things you know to have like for me like physically like oh if I had something oh I will do this I will fix this I will do this for you and which obviously is lovely and it's really nice but I I felt like I think there are with the different love languages some people feel loved by that the most that is like the thing that makes them feel the most loved whereas me I feel like I feel the most loved when from words of affirmation you know I feel like I like to like have somebody like really listen to me and really like speak to me and like communicate like their love like I really like that I like having an open communication and that you know reassurance um uh you know that you know just open dialogue and I think like I obviously I really appreciate you know it's so nice when, to do nice things and there are so many different ways that people show love and that, that you know that's the only way that either of us both showed love but I think that understanding where you're both coming from can be really helpful because I think that was one of the issues as well that I definitely had in the past is I think maybe that's also something that comes with more emotional maturity but um when you realize it's not just about you, you know, it's not like, oh, well, I, I need this or I'm like, when I think if you're putting your, like oh, everything is, oh, I need this or I need this from you. And they're like, I need this from you. That's not really, it's not the way to go into it. I think that it should be a, yeah. like, this is where I stand and, you know, this is what I want to do for you. And then this is like, in a way that, you know, but you're both healthy and you're both respecting each other's boundaries and not overstepping that you know I think that it's so in relationships like I think relationships that turn toxic and codependent are the ones where there aren't any boundaries like there are no no line and you just kind of merge and become like one person and that's so easily done and I think a lot of people like that will never be us like we'll never do that but then it happens yeah so many people I speak to you know and it's actually having conversations like this you know sometimes I think because we're not I don't think people are ever open uh, really about like relationship struggles like it doesn't seem to be something that people talk about so everybody thinks um is there something wrong with me like why did this not work out like no everybody else seems to be fine do I just have really unrealistic expectations am I just too much like and I think we start to really doubt ourselves like question ourselves when Mm. actually I know so many people that have had the exact same situations happen to them that have happened to me and like experienced the same feelings about things and the same issues but people just don't really voice them and obviously on social media, nobody puts pictures of themselves like looking after they've had a row or like they don't do yeah. that. Like it's all like the perfect, you know, oh, look at us on holiday. And obviously that's nice. It's nice, you know, I'm glad that you're happy. It's nice to see like my friends happy. But I don't think judging, thinking like, oh, look at them. They're so happy and great. And it's not the my full relationship. Picture. Shit. Like it's that's not, not the full picture. Yeah. yeah. Having a conversation with my housemate about love languages the other day because not to plug my own work but I wrote a piece about it for this week's issue and um, 
<laughs> and I was having subscribe to the newsletter people <laughs> subscribe if you want to see more um read more you can't see us it's a podcast um <laughs> but I had a an, quite an in-depth conversation with her about love language and then we were sort of assessing all the people we know what we thought their love languages were and then we asked each other what you know what do you think your own is and I really struggled to answer the question I was like to be honest none of them and I was like what does this mean like does it just mean I it's a fair share of all of them and not one stands out in particular or does it mean I'm a robot I don't know um and then she asked me you know how do you think you show love rather than how you receive it and also I was like I don't really know it really morphs and molds depending on my partner and one I guess you do read what their love language is just by their behaviors and even if you don't have the conversation you can sort of tell what they respond to more yeah yeah sure it's just about really I think it again it comes back to that idea of really sort of being in tune with each other and not just with your own needs like I think when you're only focusing on yourself in the relationship like you don't see a lot you know of of the things that's going on with that other person because you're too sort of preoccupied with yours we're gonna finish on a quote here that uh, we got sent in by Abby um which I think just sums up kind of a lot of what we've been talking about um she said I split up with my partner four years. It's been rough not having the usual get drunk with friends and complain. And I think that we were discussing a lot about how, you know, the, the effects that this has really had of being in a lockdown with relationships and, you know, the make or break situation. And that, you know, we do forget that ultimately, you know, when you go through something like that, where are your friends? You know, you want to be out. You want to be doing something. So, you want a you distraction. Know, yeah you want a distraction and like what are you doing that in that regard um and so yeah it's there's a lot there's a lot of uh, self-love required for this for sure um and I think that it's so important to remember that you know even if you're not physically able to to be with people like there are so many people around you that love you and that want you to live your best life and that everybody is there you know and there are we're such an innovative species we find ways to connect even when we can't connect if you know what I mean we're we're all interconnected um and I think that you know there's we we know like I think I've been having so many like zoom chats with friends and like having drinks over that and just like chatting with people and if in a way I I, at one point I was doing like a a zoom quiz every weekend like Mm. for like 10 weeks straight it's so weird how like people that I hadn't spoken to for you know well some people hadn't I had you know I'd see them like once a year or something because we're all like living our lives and busy and now because we're all you know in the same boat we've got all this free time and I think it's so important to be like even though you know you can't go and do the things you used to do it doesn't mean that you're alone or that there aren't people there because there are and everybody everybody's there for you um, especially if you're going through something like a breakup right now just remember that you have got people there and people do care about you and you are going to be okay it's such an important message and I think um, also it's, it's a tough time to go through a breakdown of course it is but I think also it's a good time where you are forced to use 
the time to reflect and process all the things that you would normally use alcohol to distract yourself from. So maybe it's a good chance for you to change your coping mechanisms and instead of just drinking away the problems, actually working through them and you'd probably get over them a lot quicker. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just, I think we're all, you know, it's like becomes in, in the language now, isn't it? Of right, are we having, you know, having a coffee over a Zoom, you know, like, oh, are we having a catch up? Like now, instead of going to a coffee shop, like I literally go yeah. and like put the kettle on downstairs and come up and sit in front of my laptop. And be like, it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I think that I don't know about you guys, but um I the this would have a few years back, I would have been like my head would have blown like the idea of this like I would have been like not able to like to physically like handle it because I thought oh my god I can't be in my own in my room what am I gonna do with just me just I can't be with myself like for that amount of time like without any distractions and but I do think that you know it really goes to show how resilient we really are like um and people will you know we we adapt so well to change and and we do get through it and and I think that it's amazing some of the like the creative things that have come out of this lockdown and I imagine that there are still going to be so many great things that are made after this as well because of all the all the time that people have had to just sit and write and, and be creative and and I think when we do come out of this um there's a lot to look forward to for sure I can't imagine like the day that the restrictions end oh my god so what do you guys think uh, romantic love means to you I think romantic love it's a good question. I think it's a relationship with someone where you can be your authentic self and they can be their authentic self and you just accept each other for the good, the bad, the ugly. And yeah. you you sort of have a pact to just get through all the stuff that life throws at you together. I don't want to follow that. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't even know how. Well, I don't know what I could possibly add. Um, but um, I guess, yeah, I would I would say something similar. I think it's, you know, romantic love is is not selfish. It's, you know, it's two people coming together to share the like to add more love than they already both have in themselves, like together. It's like joining two lives together rather than completing each other. That's not that's mm-hmm. not romantic love, I think. It's it's about really you know I don't like like you were saying before February so I don't need this but I want this and this brings me joy this adds something great to my life and that's why I have it I don't have it because I'm I I would be lost without it you have it because you want it and then you know you know that you're okay without it and I think that's what real romantic love is 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 being you know being your like you said your authentic self with somebody else and and not feeling that you both have to change for each other and you both have to be each other's all because that's not that's not the way it should be Brooke what's yours I feel like mine is just both combined of what you both what both of you said just in lesser words but I think it's just finding loving yourself and then finding someone who compliments that rather than like you said earlier on in the podcast rather than finding your other half as such Um, yeah I think that's probably the key the key to, to a healthy relationship and healthy love life. I like that. I think this is a good place to end this episode. Thank you so much to the listeners for joining us on this um 
deep journey that we've we found ourselves on um yeah we've had we've been honestly we've we've loved it like being able to discuss all of these uh you know these are great topics and thank you to all the listeners and to everybody who sent in submissions this past week and took part in the poll and um, we really appreciate it um if you have anything that you'd like to uh, add or to tell us about or to any submissions that you'd like to send in please do um, and we can always discuss that in the next podcast so please send any submissions to imaginistweekly at gmail.com and yeah as we said at the beginning make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and to our follow our instagram and just a big shout out to Elle for making this happen for all of us. Yes, to thank get our you, Elle. Pieces. <laughs> Elle, who is we couldn't do it without you. Our so you. night shining armor, and and it's basically the reason why we're all here. Um, you Absolutely. know, we're a, we're a team at the Imaginist, uh, a coven, I guess, as we have said. <laughs> we are now we are at one, and um, yeah, we all you know have the same goal. We just want to promote, you know. Strong positive women, energy like strong strong well people actually you know positive just of any energy. you know any identity any gender people in general we want everybody to be living their best lives and that is what the imaginist is all about so please make sure that you if you have anything you'd like to say anything for us to discuss yeah definitely don't be afraid to reach out thanks for listening thanks bye. for listening bye you met your boyfriend on hinge um and that you know you've been navigating a relationship online then throughout this pandemic um so that's really interesting because you know quite like quite a few of us haven't we haven't had that experience so it'd be interesting you know to hear more about how you found dating like during this past year and like how you know the process from sort of finding someone that you like on hinge to then actually having a relationship with that person I'm so sorry guys but this is something my therapist has told me I need to do, so I'm going to have to do it. My name is Fabia, not Fabia. So sorry. Oh, I never my correct God, that... people. And my therapist is like, fucking ah. correct people. That was, so, no, that was I'm so my sorry. bad. I was like, no, just no. ignore it, bitch. And I was like, in no, my head, no, I was like, no. you need to do Thank this. you. Thank you for correcting <laughs> me. I, Fabia, I'm really sorry. I, I'm oh, so sorry. I hate this. No, you actually did say it as well at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs>